Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that the words I speak today are not my words, Lord, but Holy Spirit, rise within me and speak through me. Touch the people here and online. In Jesus' name, all glory to you, God. Thank you, Father. For a second there, I thought church was over. We were going for so long, praise the Lord. But hang in there, we just started. Praise God. Um, over the past year, the past six months, I've been sharing on faith. Uh, the, the first one was the touch of faith. Uh, the second message was on the eyes of faith. Last time I came up here, I was talking about having faith in situations where you meet giants in your life. I, I actually ended with Ephesians chapter 6, having the armor of God. You know, we're not fighting flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And I, in verse 16, I shared with you to have the shield of faith to, to um, sort of withhold any fiery darts from the enemy. Last week, John Cena shared on faith that Abraham had in God. And one of the little keys that he mentioned was that Abraham did not conform to the ways of the world. He trusted God completely. And he touched on the scripture in Romans 12 too, which I was in the process of putting the message together that God had given me. The Lord, stop him now. He's not going to go to Romans 12, 2 and 3. But praise the Lord, you know, we're all part of the body of Christ and we're all learning from one another. So the title of my message today is actually a question. Are we conforming to the world or are we renewing our mind with the word? So I'll just say that again. Are we conforming to the world or are we renewing our mind with the word? See, in this world, there's a pattern of thinking. You know, we've learned that from childhood, from our cultures, from schools, friends. It's in the workplace. And, and, and what we've learned has affected the way we think, our emotions, our behaviours. Proverbs 23, 7 says and states, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as you think in your heart, so you are. You know, worldly thoughts which are thoughts contrary to the word of God worldly thoughts contrary to the word of God they shape us and propel us you know there's so much false information out there and even these days now more with social media and and technology it's even like really overtaken me you know it leaves us negative and at times hopeless and we are sapped for God's joy and peace but praise God we are born again born again believers you know, in Jesus, Jesus our Lord and Saviour. I always come up, and I'm going to share this scripture. Every time I come up here, I reinforce this scripture. You know, Second Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. Praise the Lord, God puts his spirit in us. We become a new creation. Unfortunately, our thought life is not brand new. You know, you don't get a brand new brain. You know, you might be going through that honeymoon with the Lord and everything's beautiful. You know, you think of saving the world and everything's great, you know, you've, you've been cleansed. But it's not automatic with our minds, you know. It's automatic that you receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, praise God, and you're a new creation. But it takes effort and practice on our behalf to renew our mind, to think God's way, to place God's word in our life. 
um, question, did you know that God wants us to transform our mind? Well, good question, eh? Let's look at Romans 12 too. The Apostle Paul states, and do not be conformed to the world. I'll repeat this because the microphones were echoing, so I'll just do a practice echo. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Say that again. Renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Wow. So behavior changes begins with your mind. Some, some of you are saying, we've heard this scripture before. See, the transformation needs to begin with your mind. When you, when you put the word of God in your life, you transfer your mind, your thinking starts to change. You start to treat people differently around you. You know, you need to feed the word of God. I'm going to share Romans 12 too, but I'm going to dissect it in two parts. And the first part is, and do not be conformed to the world. The definition of conform in the dictionary, I had to look it up because I'm not a very clever man. So it means to comply with rules, standards or laws. So to conform, there's rules, standards or laws. And the, and the world has a standard of rules and laws. Now, don't let your mind wander off. I'm not here saying you don't have to obey anything that happens in the, in the land, the, you know, that govern us. That's not true. I'm talking about the standards that, or the value system of the world run by the devil. Actually, he's got no value, so I don't know why I'm using that word. But this is the godless system of the world. And the godless system of the world is with the little G. It's not God with the capital G. And you can see that on the news, 6 p.m. every, if I can just share with you, 6 p.m. if you have never watched the news during Monday to Friday or Monday to Sunday, you know, you, you'll hear all the news there of fear, of war and you know, and uh, greed and everything you want to know. You know, the, the other day I turned the TV on and the first part of the news, which usually is at the end, was the weather. We're going to receive a polar blast. Well, polar blast. Well, the answer is just get another jacket and put it on and a beanie. You know, you don't have to be fearful, but, you know, that's the reality. You know, what are we thinking? What are we, we seeing? What are we believing? Look, the Bible tells us, I'm going to share much scripture today. And it's the word of God you need, not me to come up here and just, you know, be budgy and talk just, you know, jargon. The Bible tells us in 1 John 2, 15 and 16, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I mean, I just want to uh, do a little bit of a clarification here in comparison. When we become Christians, um, we're born again in John 3.3. 3. By the time we read John 3.16, it tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. All of a sudden, we're reading in 1 John 2.15, for anyone that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See, there's two worlds here. You know, God sent Jesus for the world, for the love of the people of this world. And that's one of the keys. The other, the other scripture in 1 John 2.15 is referring to the sphere of evil operating in the world. See, this world, like I said, the godless system of Satan revolves around three keys. 
And you're thinking, why is he talking about sort of this? First of all, love of money, lust of power, and sexual immorality. These are the three keys. And I'm going to read another scripture now to, to summarize what I just, just mentioned. But you're thinking, why is he talking about this? Because when the Apostle Paul and Timothy wrote these scriptures, they were directing it to Christians. You know, people out there aren't thinking... I might go have sexual immorality after a few drinks this weekend. Maybe I'll look at the word and see if I, should I, should I do that? And should I correct myself? No, they just do it. But let's go to 1 Timothy 6, 9. But those who desire, sort of uh, highlight that in your mind, desire to be rich, into, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. The word perdition means eternal punishment and damnation. So remember, the desire sets you up in a snare. For the love of money, that's the other word I want you to think. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. That's talking about Christians there. That it's taken away from their faith in their greediness and peace themselves through many sorrows. See, it all starts with desire. It starts with the desire and the desire starts in your mind. You can't allow the pollution of, of the world, you know, of this, of this current age because it will corrupt you. It will corrupt your thinking and your living. It will separate you from, from God and his will. Like I read before, to know his perfect, acceptable will, the will of God in your life. You know, I'll just say a little testimony real quickly. Uh, there was a fellow friend that I had, um, an older man, about 27 or 30 years ago. He was a very wealthy man, you know, and he owned uh, maybe about 12 properties. And he was a businessman. And those 12 properties were rented out. And I heard him going into a business venture. This thing's going to really put me on the map, you know. I thought to myself, wow, you know, you're already rich. What, what map do you want to be on, you know? Like, you know, and, oh, no, and the power started coming. Oh, I want more power. That business deal, in, a, in short, failed. He ended up losing 12 properties. Only by the grace of God did he save his marriage. And guess what? He was a Christian, you know. So I'm not talking about a worldly man, but look how the greed, greediness, you know, this, this way of thinking. So it will separate you. I just want to go to now like a little bit of a commercial break, a little bit of trivia. Um, psychologists and scientists have declared that we go through a thousand thoughts per day. A thousand thoughts run through your head. This is scientists and psychologists. Last month, Ramona in our connect group on the Tuesday night said, John, did you know that there's over 7,000 promises in the word of God? I go, oh, wow. So on doing this message, I thought, so if you took 1,000 promises of God per day over seven days, you've covered 7,000 promises of God. So, you know, praise God. It's important that we, um, you know, get in the word. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's like science is always trying to prove God's not, you know, real. You know, we do it through science. And 
actually they're always proving that God is authentic and real. You know, uh, the scientists came up to God and said, you know, God, we don't really need you anymore. You know, we, we've solved everything through science. And then he said, look, I'll, I'll challenge you. And he says to God, you know, what do you want to do? He said, God said, well, make man. And the scientist says, oh, we can make man. So the scientist turns around and starts taking some earth from the ground. God turns around and says, oi, oi, get your own dirt. You know, so God's created everything, you know. Praise the Lord, you know. Sometimes in our thought life, I think we have one thought pattern in our life and we think of it a thousand different ways. And that thousand different ways ends up being stress and worry. You know, them. I mean, just this week alone, I was with my work colleagues and we heard the radio announcement that interest rates were going to rise and electricity was going to rise and the cost of everything. And all of a sudden there was a conversation, you know, and swearing was taking place and, oh, we've got to pay for this and all that. And I just had a smile on my face and they said, doesn't it bother you, Christian? I said, oh, no, no, I'll go by the heavenly economy, you know, I'm not fussed, you know. I'm a giver, I'm a joyful giver, you know. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Even being a Christian, that particular night, I went with my wife uh, to IGA and, you know, I actually nearly fell in that trap when I saw the bunch of lettuce was $10 each. I went, oh, God, my staple food is cheese and lettuce sandwiches. What am I going to do? God said, there's always cabbage, you know. So um, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we really need to, to feed and renew our mind with the Word of God. Because when we don't renew our mind with the Word of God, we fall into temptation. And that leads to sin. You know, um, how do we get tempted? The natural desire of the flesh. You know, doubt. We don't believe God's promises will come to pass. You know, that's what doubt is, not believing God's promises coming to pass in your life. The deception, the devil's lie, twisting the truth, always twisting the truth. God doesn't love you, you know. And we go, oh, look at my circumstances. Maybe God, you know, you know. And we, we entertain that. And disobedience, not obeying God's word. Now, I'm going to go to um, Genesis chapter 3. I'll just put that aside. There's only another nine pages. No, just kidding. You know, I know you're all thinking about lunch. You know, suppress the flesh. So, so um, praise God. We go to chapter three, and I'm going to read again by faith. I always bring that up as an insurance policy. But um, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman. Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat, your eyes will be open, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes 
and the tree was desirable. There's that word desire. To make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate also and gave it to her husband. Now, one thing that perplexes me about that scripture is, first of all, what are you doing talking to a snake? You know, like, really, what are you doing talking to a snake? You know, a snake's showing up here. It's like this morning when I went to get a coffee in the morning, a dog came up to me and said, bless you, John. You're going to do really well up there preaching the word of God. God bless you. You know, all glory to God. I said, thank you, Mr. Woof Woof. You should come to Living Hope Church at Camperdown. You know, he looked at me like, you know, he's not here, but, um, you know, that's the thing, that's the thing with um, holding, um, you know, God's word. God said, you shall not eat. God said, you shall not eat. Like, sorry, Satan said that God said, um, shall you eat for every tree of the garden? The devil, the devil starts questioning our faith. You know, and the woman said to the serpent, like she said, we may eat of the trees, but in this garden, in the midst, God has said. So there was a command. And what's interesting, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it. What didn't God say, you shall not touch it, and then do not eat it? No, he tells you the end result. Do not eat it, and then, you know, don't touch it. So one's going to lead to another. See, a command was given to Eve, Adam and Eve, and, you know, it wasn't a difficult command. You know, he didn't say, I want you to go water the garden, I want you to take out the garbage. All it was was just donate from there, you know. But what we do, we have the devil come in and start compromising the word of God, the conversation, you know. And then we start disobeying God. You know, we go on our own way. I mean, when God gives us a command, do we obey it or do we reason it? Do we question it in our mind? You know, Jesus said, do not worry. Did we worry this week? You know, oh, you don't know what I'm going through. You know, there's so many family situations. I've hardly got a dollar in the bank. You know, uh, there's a lot of worries on my mind. You know, be anxious for nothing is the scripture. You know, be anxious. For Jesus said, do not worry. So do we trust him in that? He says, uh, forgive. Do we forgive? Oh, no, you don't know what these people have done for me. I, I, you know, yeah, I forgive him, you know. But, you know, I'm just sharing you briefly on the perils of conforming to the world. Now I'm going to go to the second part of Romans. You know, and, and, and again, I, I know that you've heard these scriptures before, but in the world that we're living, there's times that are getting dark and Christians have to start shedding their light. They start, they've got to start doing the word of God, not just hearing it, but being doers, you know. Praise God. And now I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 10.35, sorry, 10.3 to 5, and I'm going to go to the second part of the scripture about how do we renew our mind. Well, here's the answer, another scripture. So in everything you have that comes up in life, use the word of God. Use the word of God. Let that be your final authority in life. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know, there's a lot of um, words there that talks about weapons, warfare, stronghold, captivity. There is a warfare there. 
you know, Christians, there is a warfare. There's a spiritual warfare. Like I said, you only have to open the news at um, um, whatever channel it is at 6 o'clock and you'll see the spiritual warfare, you know, what happens to kids, warfare. I mean, you've seen the warfare throughout the whole world, Um, you know, and these battles take place and it takes place in your mind. Don't be deceived. If you allow the devil to play in your mind, he will not just play in your mind, he'll start a whole war. He'll start the battle, you know, and that leads to strongholds. And the strongholds are arguments and lofty opinions and thoughts that are raised against the knowledge of God. It's all fear-related. You know, strongholds are rooted also in pride because they rely on yourself. You know, you're not leading to God. You're not leaning on him. That's why there's a lot of people that have addictions. You know, I've got friends that have been smoking cigarettes for... 30 or 40 years some of them have given their heart to Jesus but they can't shake it and and there's a spiritual stronghold in their life you know but they you know one of my friends look this sounds insane but I said to him brother I just want to know you know you love Jesus why are you still smoking he said I've got this fear that if I stop smoking I'm going to die I said that makes a lot of sense you know why don't you think of it the other way maybe if you stop you know smoking you might live longer but um again praise god there are you know good strongholds in the bible you read psalms you'll see it you know from psalm 18 to 94 you know god is my rock my refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold see strongholds you know when you hear in warfare that you know strongholds are fortified places and it's not easy for the enemy to get into. So, um, yeah. Stick with me, guys. We're getting there. We're getting there. You know, I've already ordered what I'm going to have for lunch already in my mind. Now, the weapons we have to pull down strongholds and renew our mind is God's Word. God's Word. You know, there is no other formula. And, you know, we're all trying to get you know the answers you know you can google the answer and um is it the truth is that truth setting you free you know john eight thirty two, jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free you know it's easy to go and you know learn scriptures and quote them here there and everywhere but you've got to apply it to your life it's got to be there in your life doing it the second thing is the blood of jesus which cleanses us and protects us you know, the name of Jesus, the authority. You know, he's the King of kings and, and the Lord of lords. And, you know, Alison was sharing about, you know, going, you know, like he's, we're joint heirs in Christ. We're, you know, um, he has given us that authority as his disciples. He said, I want you to go out and cast the demons. And, and um, I mean, they did have a hiccup in, in Mark chapter 9 when there was, a, there was an epileptic boy and the father said, well, your disciples should have, you know, cast out the demons, but they couldn't, you know. But Jesus came, cast it out. The disciples asked, oh, why couldn't we do it? He said, this comes with fasting and prayer. Sometimes in, when you need an answer, fast, pray, seek God. And that's the other thing, Holy Spirit. Is, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, greater is he that is in me, you know. You've got the Holy Spirit, your comforter, your teacher, 
And lastly, praying, which is a battle, battle itself. Praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, praising and worshipping God. You know, Joshua and, and the children of Israel walked around the wall of Jericho, praising and worshipping God, and God came through and broke down those walls. You know, I, I know I've shared many scriptures today, you know, and um, I hope I haven't lost anyone along the way. But, you know, in Romans, the word is renewing, renewing. It doesn't say you have a renewed mind. It's renewing. It's a constant process. It needs effort. It needs your cooperation. You know, it's your mind. Renewing is ongoing and, and daily. It's like eating bread daily. You know, Jesus said man cannot live on bread alone. You need food for your body. You need, you need the word of God for your spirit. You know, sometimes Christians, you know, and we're all fallen short of the glory of God, but praise God, you know, we look to him. A righteous man falls seven times but gets up and goes again. You know, don't fall over. When you have a little child and he's learning how to walk or she learning how to walk, if they stumble a hundred times, you don't say, ah, you're trying to walk, you're stumbling, don't try walking anymore. Maybe you encourage you, and it's your father, he encourages you. You know, I... I mean, I'm going to close pretty soon. I've only got another 15, 20, no, no. I'm going to I'm just, just, see, don't take every thought captive in the obedience of Christ. Don't listen to everything. And sometimes, like one of the pastors I grew up with, he said to me, I said, oh, John, uh, I said to, to him, Pastor, I went to that message over there and the guy that was preaching, some of the stuff he was saying was bogus, you know. He said, John, he said, it's like a fish. Don't, you don't eat the whole bones and everything. Just take the most important parts out. I said, well, why could you not use another analogy? Because I don't like fish. I don't eat it. You know, so, um, but again, look, I want to encourage you today to have a few scriptures by your side during the week to ponder on. Ponder on the scriptures so your mind don't wander off, you know. For example, I'll just give you a scripture, Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. See, that's God's way of success. You don't have to conform to the world. You know, like in we're reading Matthew 6.33, first seek the kingdom of God and be right standing with the Lord and everything shall be added unto you. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. You know, I've heard Christians say, oh, I know a lot of Christians that haven't prospered, you know, and, um, you know, they haven't had success. Well, I ask you, have they meditated on the word day and night? Have they observed to do what the word of God tells you to do? You know, oh, yes, I've followed everything. I've followed everything. You know, have you forgiven? No, I don't like that guy at work. But, yeah, you know, like, you know, walking with God. And if there's an area of your life that you find that you're stumbling at, go to God. Maybe do a bit of a fast and pray. Seek God. You know, God's there while you're sleeping. You know, the enemy can go in your ear while you're sleeping too. So you've got to really take thoughts captives you know, i've heard the story where oh she got on the she woke up on the wrong side of the bed now i started running around my bed looking what's the right side to get up on you know like come on you know when you have the stronghold of god you're thinking god's ways and the other scripture i'm gonna 
share right now is um, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, that's the way God renewing your mind, through the Holy Spirit, through love. You know, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. There's power when you receive the Holy Spirit. You know, the devil's scared of you. That's why he comes for the Christian. You realize the spirit-filled Christian he comes for because he knows you're going to damage his kingdom. And you start thinking God's way, you know, you start making an impact in the world. Praise the Lord. And when you have a sound mind in closing, I think that's it. Praise the Lord. You never know, God could have slipped another few pages in there. Keep going, keep going. You know? And Mr. Wolfie's going, yeah, you're doing great, John. You know? um, sound mind helps you make good decisions, you know, which are God decisions. God decisions. So you can, it'll assist you in life, not to stumble you and trip you up the next time. What, you know, because the devil, he can transform himself into an angel of light, the Bible says. You know, there's foxes in sheep's clothing. You need to learn the word of God to discern situations. I'll just say one more testimony. It just came up to me now. You know, a, a, a pastor that was, you know, my mentor, that, you know, great man of God, spiritual gifts. And I might have shared this with you before. And he said to me, John, this business down the road, I think if you take over that, you've got all the qualities and everything to, you know, and I was getting really pumped up thinking, I could, you know, this business has failed under many people. Maybe I can do that, you know. And then when I went, you know, this is a pastor. This is a man of God that, you know, I, you know, not idolize him is the word, but, you know, he's spoken a lot of truths in my life. And when I went, I thought, I'll just pray about it, you know. And um, I just had this sort of like a thunderstorm and a, a black cloud. And, uh, you know, we left that. I said, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to even do, you know, suggest what he sort of, I won't do what he suggested. Until this day, it's, um, what, 2022? For the last, I don't know, 20-something years, the business, anyone that's gone in there has failed. It has been closed, and now it's just a, like, looks like a ghost town, you know? So what I'm trying to say to you is, just because, you know, you have some spiritual leader, your spiritual leader is Jesus, you know. You've got to go to Jesus, you know. Oh, he sounds good. He looks good. He, he. No, go to Jesus, you know. He's the author and finisher of your faith, you know. Praise God. Like, if I can get the band to come up, um, I'm going to close in um, prayer. Today, look, I'm going to open this altar here. If there's a heaviness in your life or a sickness or, or something that's been in your mind and you can't, you know, a worry, a stress, I know it's not me that does the work, it's Jesus. You know, and if you need prayer as the worship team play, please let me come out and pray with you. I put my mask on. It's not a COVID thing. It's a bad breath thing. So, you know, praise God. I just... I want everyone to stand and just pray this prayer. Open your hearts to Lord. It's just one simple prayer. Praise you, Jesus. It's always at this time that 
that you feel the love of God just pour out. Just repeat this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you for forgiveness of my sins. Come into my life. Change my life. I want to learn your ways, Lord. Give me your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Now you've said that prayer. You're born again. And it's a new, it's a new chapter in your life today. All old things have passed away.